Good morning, New Life. Happy Sunday. <laughs> um, Pastor wanted me to say something in Spanish, and I didn't say anything. I didn't have anything planned in my lesson today in Spanish, so I'm just going to say, gracias, Pastor, which means thank you, Pastor. <laughs> and I want to say... <laughs> um, Thank you, Pastor, for allowing me the opportunity to teach class today. It is quite intimidating, but it's definitely not taken for granted. And I want to say thank you to New Life for giving, uh, taking me in so quickly and giving me a wonderful new church home. And it really does mean a lot to me. So <laughs> thank you. Without further ado, I do believe that the Lord laid something on my heart, and I'm excited to share but before I do that, if we can pray that God would just have his way in this lesson and that he would help me. Thank you, Jesus, for this day, God. We thank you, Lord, for this morning, God. I ask, Lord, that you would touch, Lord, my mind, God, my heart, God. Help us, Jesus, to learn, God, and glean, Lord, from your word, Jesus. God, that we can encourage, Lord, one another, Jesus. God, that we can be able to come to you, Jesus, with open and ready hearts, God, to learn and receive. In Jesus' name, amen. You all can be seated. <clears throat> I have some scriptures for us. I'm going to be reading from Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9, if we can all turn there. And if you can just give me an amen when you've got it. I want to see who can be first. A hearty amen. <laughs> Bible sword or sword drills. Amen. Anybody got it yet? Galatians. Okay, amen. <laughs> okay, Galatians 6, verses 7 through 9. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. My title to the lesson, if I had to uh, call it anything, would be a spiritual green thumb. What can we do in our spiritual walk and lives that give us a spiritual green thumb? That is my thought. I was really having a hard time trying to think of what I wanted to teach. Then it clicked in me in a conversation about two weeks ago, and the Lord has just been confirming it to me time and time again. I was telling my friend Millie about how um, I just have a passion for Spanish-speaking people, and um, we want to start an English class here to help that. Well, the past, uh, I was telling her about it, and she goes, and I was kind of almost like frustrated, like, it's not happening, I'm not seeing anything yet. She goes, well, how long has it been? I said, about two weeks, and she's like, well, that's why. <laughs> so, patience is not my strong suit. <laughs> I was telling Anthony, I also really think the enemy doesn't want this message to happen because I've been a little extra forgetful this week, a little busy, lost my charger to type up the message, and then I found it, only to lose it again. <laughs> And then I finally found it to charge my laptop and start. But I'm okay with that because I really want this church to stir up the enemy. Amen. So I just wanted to find some words in case someone's not familiar with the words reaping and sowing, like myself when I first heard these words. Sowing is to plant a seed by scattering it on the earth. Reaping is to cut or gather a crop or harvest. A green thumb is a natural talent for growing plants. So for my green thumb people or plant moms, the truth is I've never grown or planted anything. Well, maybe that bean in a Ziploc bag project in kindergarten that I put on a window seal. 
<laughs> but truthfully, I've never owned anything except a cactus because I know a plant would die in my possession. I would most, like, most likely forget to water it or be too impatient for the results. So I'm definitely not a green thumb lady in real life. Because of this, I reached out to my friend, Caitlin, who has a garden. I asked her some questions about gardening to help myself get a better understanding of sowing and reaping for, metaphor for metaphorical purposes. So on the phone when she started with, every seed has a different germination process, and I went, a what? <laughs> That's how much I had to learn in that phone call about sowing and reaping in a garden. So first, sowing. A common phrase that we hear amongst believers is, you reap what you sow. Many parents say this to their children as they're starting to make decisions in their life. So in other words, a cause and effect cycle you put in action and time, and then there is an, either an outcome or a consequence. When I look up the word sowing, I was really impressed that it defined it as scattering seeds. It is the action of placing down some seeds with expected outcome. So my question is, what are some things that we sow in the spiritual world that we expect outcome? How about sowing with the basics? Reading our Bible, praying, and talking to the Lord. Those are two very basic things that we can sow in the spiritual realm. A challenge I received from an instructor was called two by two. The principle is that you read a minimum of two verses a day and two minutes a day. He says, if you lay your head down at night and have not done this, it is like you're telling God, I didn't have two minutes of my day to pray or time to read your word. Ouch. <laughs> Something that can seem so small but doable can be a great challenge to us. It is putting prayer into action as the sowing and then being able to reap from your life. Should we always stay at two minutes a day and two scriptures a day? No. <laughs> This should be a seed in your life that just grows more and more every day as you nurture it. Then the sprouting will begin. Maybe you are just beginning to learn how to read to pray. Start as simple as you need, and a garden never grew overnight. Some super basic things that you can say in prayer are, or do in prayer are, to glorify him, to thank him, ask him to clean your heart and your mind. Ask him to bless you, your family, your friends. Take your needs to him and ask him to help you throughout your day. <clears throat> Those things alone will most likely take you to over two minutes of prayer a day for sure. <clears throat> so start sowing and scattering the seeds. Just start praying and reading, and it's okay to ask for help as you sow. We do not know everything. It may just seem like a little prayer that's sown in some thin air, but when you become attentive, and nurturing to what you have sown in the spiritual, slowly you will find the outcome of reaping in the spiritual and God beginning to work on your behalf. Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. When it comes to reading your Bible, you may not understand every single word, so it's okay to do your research. Again, if there is something that you do not fully understand, feel free to ask. No harvesters ever guessed how, the crop, how to grow crops perfectly by guessing. It took someone else before them to understand and to teach them. My next topic is sowing in the earth around us. So one thing 
that I think about sowing in the world is to be a light in this world. It starts with ourselves. We are like the sunlight to the seeds to grow. There has to be a sun. One thing this world needs scattered on it is definitely this gospel, truth, and spirit. So how can we do so? It starts in very little ways first. Be nice to people. Sow a seed of kindness. Show the joy of the Lord even when it doesn't seem fair to you. So some of you guys know that I worked at Chick-fil-A, and I worked there for a long time. So I learned to be hospitable with guests. And there was one summer that I was out on the iPads, and I was taking the orders, and I asked a woman, I asked her, I said, can you pull up, please? And she just went, and I was like, oh, sorry, it's just the protocol. And I knew in that moment I was going to decide if I was going to be nice or not. I remember specifically being like, okay, I'm, I'm going to choose to be nice. And so I followed the protocol I knew, and I began with, what can I get for you today? <laughs> and she went on to complain and saying, I don't even know what you guys have here. And I was thinking, it's just chicken. <laughs> so I continued to help her, and then she stopped looking at the menu, and she just looked at me, and she asked me, are you a Christian? And I was afraid because the woman who was just angry and frustrated asked me if I was a Christian. And I replied with yes, and she had tears in her eyes, and she asked, will you pray for me? And I said, absolutely, and I asked for her specific need, and I prayed for her over uh, her specific need, which was her son. And so in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru, I put my hand on her shoulder, and we prayed right there. And I share this as a testimony that, thank you, Lord, amen. Only God can do those types of things when his spirit is inside of you. And we sow a light of kindness on this earth at all cost. After the prayer, I invited her to church and I gave her directions to our Sunday service. I wish I could tell you that she came, but she didn't. But I don't lose hope because I know that a seed was sown in that drive-thru. You can, you can sow a seed anywhere, anywhere. Amen. So how we can sow light in our world can look like this. Be kind to your servers and as a server, be a light to workers and when you yourself are on the job. Be joyful when everything in the world is going wrong. Share a smile, pay it forward, and be the reason people look to you for prayer and help. My next topic is to let the seed grow. Patience is a virtue. And it is not my favorite virtue. <laughs> but we have to let seeds grow. Matthew 17 and 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. This verse is super common um, if you just have, and, and, and we understand it as if you have an ounce of faith, you will be able to remove the great mountains and do great things, which I believe is correct, and God honors genuine faith. But it got me to thinking, what if we really nurtured those seeds of faith? Do mountains always move immediately? Not always. <laughs> In gardening, you can sow many types of seeds on the same day, and they can all sprout at different times. They need time to grow. 
which brings me to the germination process. That just means that when a seed is activated and when it breaks and when it breaks through the soil. So every seed has a different process, season, and time to sprout. Carrots in the germination process can take about 14 to 15 days. Peppers can take up to about 120 days. Radishes can take up to about 23 days. So it's all pretty dynamically different, just like with our faith and prayers. We pray in faith for our lost world, lost family, a son or daughter, revival, a certain miracle, a desire of your heart, or wanting to know his exact purpose in our life. We pray for these things with faith, but sometimes we have to sow the prayer and really nurture it. I still have some very specific things in prayer that I've prayed for many years as a little girl, but I trust and have faith that my seed will begin to grow and sprout through the ground one day, just like many of us here, amen. My green thumb friend, Caitlin, also shared with me about a fennel plant. Something fascinating about this plant, along with a few other plants, is that this plant this, if this plant is surrounded by certain crops, such as carrots, onions, tomatoes, cabbages, it stunts its, grow, its growth, so it slows down the growth of the fennel. When we grow, if we are surrounded and growing by the wrong things, such as sin, immoral behavior, and bad relationships, and generally just sinning against the Bible, it's going to stunt your growth big time. Back to the phrase, you reap what you sow, and you grow with what you know. Also, there can be many things that can ultimately kill your garden, like pest, bacteria, extreme climates, and sowing incorrectly. The enemy can destroy us if we are not prepared to protect ourselves appropriately and prepare for whatever may come. The church body is a great example of a good growing garden. A garden can be filled with many different crops from watermelon, carrots, onions, pumpkins, and more. This can be similar to our church body. So we all have a different purpose here. Your purpose may look very different than someone else's purpose for sure, but they all serve something. A watermelon may serve you on a hot sunny day. A carrot may help us with our vision. Broccoli can help our bones and it all looks different, but it is effective when it has a wonderful purpose. Just like the church, the pastor serves his purpose, the ministry uh, the music ministry can bless, bless us. The, ch the children's ministry will raise up our future leaders, and the youth ministry helps our youth. They all do something dynamically different, but they serve a great purpose. Amen. So after sowing, then growth comes reaping. Reaping is the outcome of sowing the gathering of the crops, the cause and effect. When it comes to reaping, there is labor, work to be done, but it is rewarding to reap. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sick and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad, and sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. 
Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. And this is a very common portion of scripture. Here we see Jesus going to and fro, teaching, preaching, healing, and ministering. He was sowing. We read in verse 36. He sees the condition of heart these people were in and how, they, and how lost they were. He described them as scattered abroad. They had no shepherd. They were distressed, helpless, and wearied. He tells them the har- the, that there is plenty to harvest, being the lost souls and people around us, but are you willing to work for it? Harvest time was a time of urgency to gather crops before the weather changes and destroy the crops. The people were scattered abroad. Oh, here we go. The people were scattered abroad, but are we scattering our spiritual seeds on this earth to the lost world before they are ultimately destroyed? 2 Corinthians 6 and 9. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So I have a story um, from this week. Many of you know that I am from Mississippi, and sometimes I get asked all the time, but where's your accent? I'm not really truly like Mississippian at heart. I have a Spanish family. So on Tuesday this week, I got to talk on the phone with Sister Alyssa Flowers, who was my pastor's wife back home. Many of you know the Flowers um, as they pastor a home missions church in my hometown, and they came to bless the church after Anthony and I got married. I had this message pulled up on my laptop, and I just happened to call her super randomly. I was actually kind of procrastinating, (laughs) so I called her, but I'm glad I did. Um, And I asked her, I said, how's the church doing? And some background, uh, background information on the church. The church had an average of about 13 faithful members in two, uh, 2017, more or less, when they began in the summer. Being in a home mission church, it can feel like you're at a standstill when all you want is for growth to happen. So back to what I was saying, I asked her, I said, how's the church doing? And she talked to me about guest after guest who started coming to church recently. We had two, uh, two people, one being a family, having apostolic upbringing, a.k.a prodigals, thank you, Jesus, and one specific lady who was in the parking lot of the church one Sunday, and she said, Lord, if I'm going to go into that church, you have to bring someone out here to talk to me, and sure enough, God answered the prayer of a a genuine seed sown in prayer. Ladies from the church happened to come outside and be friendly to this new woman, and she came inside for service that Sunday, and I do not call that a coincidence. This whole missions church is reaping the harvest of new souls. It may seem like it is slowly, but it is surely. The church has been in existence since about 2017 and is seeing its sowing come to fruition about four years later, which is a long time to wait if you're me. She told me how it's not like they don't try to win people in the area. They've passed out the church cards faithfully and prayed in faith for their church to grow, but now God's season is in session for reaping the harvest. It is his perfect will for harvest. God is honoring those passed out church cards and prayers. We sow, he gives the harvest, and we have to labor. 
This brings me to my next point, reaping in God's perfect season. God's timing is always right. Amen. Trust God in the season no matter what it may look like. Carrot seeds cannot grow in the summer, but okra does amazing in the heat. Sometimes our spiritual session, our spiritual seasons will not look like someone else's season. Possibly someone has reaped an opportunity that you feel passionate and called to do. Sometimes we can grow so impatient that we want to skip to the reaping when nothing has been sown. God's season always produces the best harvest that we can ever understand or imagine if we can just be patient to nurture the seed. How about the harvest of revival? I would say this church uh, seeks and desires revival, amen? Yes, we truly want a harvest of revival, but how much have we sown for it? My question is, when it is time to reap the harvest of revival, will you be a laborer? When there is an overflow of new souls hungry for truth, will we be able to sow into those lives and teach? Are we going to nurture? I know that pastors, many as many others, would love a massive revival, but that also means a massive amount of teamwork. He cannot teach large home Bible studies all by himself in his home as much as he would love to. It is time for us as the church to labor. Amen. It may seem obvious, but you don't want to reap something that's too early or too late. We cannot get so impatient to reap when it's just a seed in the dirt. Have patience as I talk to myself. This may mean that there is a huge revival coming, but maybe we will not be the ones to see it, but our children. And we have to sow that mentality into our children so that they will be able to reap our harvest. That still is an answered prayer. They will reap what we have sown. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 and 7, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the, in the increase. God gives the increase. It isn't our doing that brings in the souls, but the spirit and sowing. Then we have to labor. I'm like beating a dead horse, but that means we have to get to work, church. Also, let us not miss the opportunity when it is time to reap. May we be ready and prepare for for this coming harvest in the spirit and let it not pass us. We just let our uh, crops just sit out there and burn and they're just gonna pass us. So we can't let that same thing in the spiritual world. I'm coming to a conclusion. So yesterday when I was on the phone, phone with my friend, I asked her, I said, how about when the climate changes or when the rain comes and what happens to every, uh, or what happens to everything um, or is there anything that you can do to prepare? She told me that there are certain hardy vegetables that do really well in the cold or snowy climates like cabbages, cauliflower, broccoli. And I was really compelled that she said that they were hardy vegetables that take on the rough winters. So church, we have to get our hearts ready for whatsoever, whatever comes our way. Through the difficult seasons, the easy seasons, the sowing seasons, the reaping seasons, and sometimes when the crop simply washes away in the rain. Sometimes 
God gives us a no. It's like our crop washing away because of the rain. It just wasn't made for that season, and it could just be a not yet. She also told me that you can raise the crop beds and create tunnels by raking. It takes preparation. While we are in the field of improving our spiritual green thumbs, we must be attentive to our garden of seeds sown that is in prayer and faith or a lost soul that you are witnessing to. Caitlin and I talked about how much work it must take to have a garden with so many different things growing. And she told me it sure does take attentiveness. So yes, church, I would agree. We have to be attentive to the spiritual things around us. Maybe it's being attentive in your finances, your children and sowing the right things in your children, your marriage or being attentive to your home. You will reap what you sow in these things in our everyday life. Continue sowing in the basics, scatter kindness, be the light, allow growth, nurture, reap when the time is right in God's perfect season. Maybe you do not have a spiritual green thumb, but you have a serious desire to do the things of God and sow in his kingdom. May that be your prayer to put it into action. Let us labor. If you have a spiritual green thumb, maybe um, we can always strive to do better every day than the day before. Learn something new and always continue to grow through the cycle of seasons. I want to end with this portion of scripture. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sue, and a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time to war, and a time of peace. So keep going, church. Do not grow weary, and in the right season, we will reap if we press on. Put your sowing into action, watch growth, and reap when, when it's ready in God's perfect season. Know that every action and decision that you make has an outcome, and you can expect your outcome to be as good or bad as the decisions that you make. So I have a couple questions for you. Um, I do want to end in prayer if we can take this time to search our hearts. Um, we do have some extra time, but I do have some questions if, if we will pray. So where are we sowing in this earth? What are we sowing in this earth? Are we sowing the basics of reading and praying? Am I being a nurturing light? Am I working in the garden with other crops or am I stunting growth? Will I be a laborer and am I currently a laborer? Am I allowing personal growth for my spiritual thumb?